welcome to Health Talk by Flowly. We begin every episode with a brief exercise to shift your nervous system closer to flow state. We do this so your nervous system can settle and you'll feel relaxed and ready to experience the interviews in each episode. Julian, who is the voice of our Flowly experiences, will take a few seconds to lead this exercise. Take a moment to adjust yourself into a comfortable position. Take a slow breath in through your nose, hold it for a few seconds, and slowly exhale through your nose as well. In your next breath, breathe in for a count of five. One, two, three, four, five. And now exhale for a count of five. One, two, three, four, five. Continue to take slow breaths in through your nose and out through your nose as well, counting in five and counting out five. We have you breathe in this pattern because it equals six breaths per minute, which is the average breathing rate at which people can best control their nervous system. In Flowly, we do individualized calibration to find the exact breathing rate healthiest for you because it varies from person to person. For today, We'll end this exercise with one more five count in. One, two, three, four, five, and a five count out. One, two, three, four, five. Let's begin today's health talk. Hey y'all, my name is Celine and I'm the founder of Flowly and today's Health Talk. As some of you might know, Flowly is a mobile platform for chronic pain and anxiety management. Um, we use biofeedback for relaxation training and even VR to help you learn how to regulate your nervous system. I'm super honored to have Ryan and Kent here today who are the founders of Neuro. Um, today is going to be more of a conversation between us three. So let's just kick it off with some questions, but then we can jump into right. a more casual conversation. Thanks for having us. Uh, Thank you for being here. Um, I love both of your stories and I just feel like I can't do justice to what Neuro does. So I just thought I'd ask you guys, what does Neuro do? So Neuro in general is like putting health in your pocket. The, the idea of like health being so unapproachable in the form of supplements or anything that is, that is based on something that doesn't become habitual use uh, prevents people in our belief it prevents people from being the best version of themselves so ideally if we put into governments because that is something that is so approachable to anyone in any format in any situation yeah you guys have a bunch of like gums and mitts that are focused on different things right that's what i thought was yeah. really cool that's what we've evolved into so when we first started back in the end of 2015 it was like an energy gum it was like neuro gum it was caffeinated with natural caffeine l-theanine b vitamins and then it slowly evolved into like now doing energy mints. And then we're like, wait, now that can be just the form factor to put like other types of supplementation in there. So we have a Calm product that just came out last October. And then we have a multivitamin gum and mint coming out later this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. How did you, okay, how does one start a mint and gum? Like, are you guys making it at home in the first phases or are you working with a lab? Like, how does that work? We always knew that there were certain types of supplements, ingredients that would work effectively for the human body, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, similar to you, like there's yeah. certain techniques, right? You take those things 
And then for us, it was like, how do we transfer that into something that is more approachable? Yeah. And that, that was the, the pathway into <laughs> making it a government yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. It was always like the form factor because we, we took all these ingredients in pill form anyway. And, it was and people know about And it. people know about that. So like all the research that you see on like NIH or like people, you know, studying like what like those actual active ingredients do for you, we just kind of repurposed and just put it in a more accessible format. So what, what inspired this? Like, how did you guys think to even start this or even change the form factor? Um, well, we'll start back in like college. In college, I, yeah. Like I was, I was training with, uh, you know, I was like training with the Imperial Guards in Japan. I was training with the Judo Olympic team out in Japan. I was fighting Muay Thai. Ryan was a cross country, like superstar, right? Like uh, captain of his cross country and track team in high school. Like for us, like being able to advance the levels of our physical system, with mm-hmm. our body, was always important. And we knew that supplementation was the means of being able to do that. When we were on a scuba diving trip after college, you know, which uh, there was a whole, like college, Ryan's injury, like there's so many things that kind of come into play. But, like we, like there had to be some something that supplemented our lifestyle uh, flexibly. And during a scuba diving trip, we both realized like, it can't be coffee. It can't be pills. It has to be something that's in our pockets. Mm-hmm. And that was gum and mint. Damn. Yeah. So scuba diving was kind of really that catalyst because we were taking this for years. After my injury, um, I looked at Kent, you know, he was like one of my like, like stable rocks that like helped support me through that transition. And then, you know, I just started training into like doing marathons with the Paralympic team. And it was like supplementation was so key. Like yeah. training is huge, but really your diet is like another mm-hmm. 50% of like what you kind of see in terms yeah. of performance. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, you know, during that scuba diving trip, we're like, you know what, like there has to be a better way to take it. Right. Yeah. And that was really. I mean, it's the same with like mental health, right? Like you, yeah. if, if you're eating bad, you're taking care of your body in like a negative way. Like yeah. there's no way that you could positively enhance yourself no matter what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting because we were just talking about this the other day where a lot of mental health, so anxiety, um, even having panic attacks, uh, depression, it actually all starts in the gut. And there's yeah. actually a, a nerve called your vagus nerve that modulates between the brain and the gut. Yeah. And it's just, re- I think what's really interesting is we handle it kind of from, we call it the bottom up, which is where we teach people to control their body to then manage the rest of their physical and psychological health, but then you guys are directly um, inputting through supplements or gums and mints to affect that whole system as well. Right. Yeah. yeah the, the, the brain, it's like Descartes' like mind and body perspective has evolved into like a better understanding of how the mind and gut have play a role in yeah. each other. And it's like, even within the probiotic space though, like as an ever evolving thing, we are starting to understand that unless you have better gut flora in general or unless you're putting better ingredients in general into your body you're not going to have a a performance rate that's acceptable to your optimization yeah whatever that level of optimization that you're trying to reach is so do you guys see people coming to use neuro for like health optimization or performance or athletics or is it like to help i guess you guys have different focuses now so do you kind of see a diversity in people coming to use neuro we are not a company that's trying to like 
we're not the company that's being like, this is the end all be all. This mm-hmm. is the NZ, whatever, uh, like unlimited drug that's going to change your, your life. We are a company that's introducing you slash making it so accessible to be a healthy person Yeah, that everyone can take it. Yeah. You know, and if you want to learn more, then that's great. Like, mm-hmm. but at, at the end of the day, like we're a government and main company that only fits so much into our products. But if that's the seed, effective, an effective, a very effective seed at that, that gets you into the mindset where you can make your, like use fully, use yeah. whatever, like to get you a better person. Yeah. Then we did our job. Yeah. Or a supplement, like we're a compliment to like yeah. what you should be doing in your lifestyle yeah. anyway, like day to day. I think that's really cool because that's kind of how we think of ourselves too, where we, we have this like cool virtual reality form factor and like yeah. biofeedback, but it's kind of just a way of enticing people and opening up that door to say like, Hey, not everything has to be medication. Not that right. you can't have it's, it, exactly. but it can be a supplement Here's or it can help. There's an yeah. alternative to try. And I think a lot of times that's what we are to a lot of people. I think about like the general distrust that a lot of people have in doctors in general. Yeah. And, and the reason that, and why people fall into holistic medication, the reason that exists is because a doctor can speak in tongue to you yeah. that they only understand. But then holistic medication is understandable. And to us, like, why can't we combine those two worlds? Why cannot we not be an approachable way that you're becoming just healthy? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and that's in our personality too. Yeah. Like, we're just, we want to be friends with you. <laughs> like, you're not <laughs> going to trust someone that's just like all up in their ego. Yeah. But you'll trust someone where it's just like, hey, like, these are the ingredients. It's simple. Like, and you can use it in any situation in your life. And I also feel like not only sometimes our doctors or like in the healthcare system, it's very hard to navigate through it. But a lot of times I know for us, when we work with chronic pain patients or people with anxiety, they know their body better. So a lot of times they know like, oh, I need this supplement or I need this alternative tool or I'm looking for this because my doctor hasn't brought it up or my doctor won't let me have it. That's what we see a lot in our, in our population. And everybody's different. Yeah. No two cases are like really the same. Like you have like similar symptoms, but people react to things differently. So I thought what was interesting about yours is like people who use this app show like a reduction in use of like opiates. Yeah. And like, for me, like after my injury, people, every doctor was just prescribing everything. Yeah. Cause it was like the easiest one. They're like, Oh, like you obviously look like you have a clear indication of why you need so yeah. like norco oxy methadone everything and i just kept taking all of that yeah and i just ended up building this crazy tolerance and then i realized like maybe like a year and a half into it that the withdrawal pain like after four hours after the wear off like the pain came back so much stronger yeah and it became so reliant on that yeah so like having like different ways of like hey this is not just the one way that's supposed to solve it. Like, let's look at alternatives. I think yeah. that's a really cool way that you guys have built this. And all these doctors are just prescribing it just because, like, they they have a perspective where it's just like, okay, I'm, if you're feeling this, I prescribe. It's algorithmic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not natural. This, then, that. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I, it was, like, 2009, 2010. It was, like, I mean, the start of this like, huge opiate craze. I mean, it was always, it's always kind of been oh, there. Oh, man, yeah. But, like, Oxy and all these medications were, like, heavily heavily prescribed and over prescribed with that yeah so i thought that was like pretty cool that you guys built yeah and even now like we have we've worked with patients where they need it to function but even if they wanted it they don't have access to it anymore because of the heavy regulation around it now so i think Mm. now more than ever people i think there's this just this shift to consumer health where health in general and wellness is moving more into the person's hand themselves so they Mm -hmm. can control their experience of it Um, But I wanted to ask you specifically, Ryan, because, you know, we work with people with a lot of chronic pain and 
you had a really big injury and I know you have some type or you had chronic pain. I don't know if you still have it, but how yeah. did you like manage it? What was that journey like for you? I mean, I still go through chronic pain. Yeah. I like have, so from my accident, I had a burst fracture in T9. So around that area of injury, I get a lot of neuropath neuropathic pain. So similar medications that they were giving people with diabetic nerve pain and then like low back pain. And from day one, like it was just opiates was the kind of the like prescription from doctors and mm -hmm. that became so routine for me. So the first two years was a big struggle because I felt like I was so reliant on something. And then I realized I, I don't want to be dependent on this. I made me really groggy and I like can't mm -hmm. come visit and like I'd be always kind of tired, like not fully there and quit cold turkey about like year two. And then wow. I've never taken an opiate ever since. It was a it was a huge like it was hard to obviously get off of something that was so like a, such a big part of your life, like yeah. had a strong grasp. But I, I realized that every night I would wake up in cold sweat, you know, like I needed this medication and just make me feel better, like get me into even. And I was right. like, well, what if I can just start baseline and, and embrace the pain, realize that it's there and then do other things that get my mind off. What of a it. strange way for it. Like it's so conditional too. Yeah. Like you get conditioned into the system. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because opioids were actually developed for acute pain, not necessarily chronic pain. And that's actually a big difference. Yeah, that's it's a huge acute. difference. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're first injured, yeah, like opiates to relieve that. But it was never intended to be a long term solution. Yeah. But that's kind of the 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 route it kind of turned into. So how do you on a day like let's say if you had some sort of pain flare up throughout the day or in yeah. a week, how do you manage do you have tools kind of we always say like for yeah. our users and members, they have toolboxes. Do you have a toolbox? I think it's like breathing exercises, recognizing it's there. I think hydration was a big part of it too. I would realize that um if I was dehydrated, I would tend to have like worse nerve pain. But it took years for me to really develop, I guess, that toolbox of like, these are the symptoms I'm having. These, are, This is when I'm experiencing them. This is probably the reason why. And I can mm -hmm. kind of check off. Blah, blah. It's crazy that it's like, it's you being more in tune with your body than right. ever before. But I think because, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Because when you have opiates, everything is a distraction. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. There's all this noise that gets canceled out. But when you have all the noise and you can start pinpointing what, yeah. where that noise is yeah. coming from you don't ignore you, it yeah and you don't ignore it yeah so that's, that's in a way I, you got to embrace the pain yeah to like kind of find a solution in life i think it's such it. a balance act because we like for us our team we work in clinical as you guys know we do clinical trials and yeah. we work with so many medical professionals we're never like oh no opioids because we understand that a lot of people need them right. and they're very necessary for some people right, but right. it does prevent you from listening to your body so actually studies have right. shown that when you're you're on opioids longer than um like six to 12 weeks it actually impedes your recovery process for because yeah. you can't go to like pt or when you're in pt you can't even feel when there's oh, pain so crazy. you can't stretch accordingly right. etc yeah and so I, yeah. I had this one experience um so i had really bad nerve pain in like acute rehab and they prescribed me uh cymbalta which is like a really yeah. heavy it's like an antidepressant but it also has yeah. nerve pain but it makes you super drowsy. And during PT, I was in the gym. I fell asleep on the like machine. Oh my gosh. Dude, like to the crazy. point, I was like, it was like a shoulder pressing and I like literally found myself and then I was like, I like drooled on my shoulder. I was like knocked That's crazy. out. 
And I was like, wow. I can't take this medication. But people are constantly prescribing. That's unnatural. It's unnatural. That's unnatural. It's unnatural. Yeah. I think like gabapentin is like one that's got to gabapentin a lot. Yeah. Neurontin. We were just, I was Lyrica. just talking to one of our, we have a patient advocacy um, advisor on our, in our company. And uh, she, so she herself, she has Hashimoto's and sleep disorder. Mm. She was put on Cymbalta and she, a lot of times, so she'll routinely sleep, go through Cymbalta. Yeah. But then she'll have to wean herself off of it so, because she doesn't. Yeah want to stay on it yeah. but every time the weaning process is it's always like a week or two that's very hard recovery really hard weaning right. and it's yeah. just it's it's really tough like and i think she was saying that fully helps her through that process because cool. kind of like what you guys were saying is i think being in touch with your body is so important but also so hard and that's kind of like the basis of biofeedback which is the ability to literally see how your body is doing in real time mm -hmm. and then that's learning cool. to control yeah. it Right. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like understanding the mechanisms of your body. Like no one's visually able to see how the body is. But yeah. They just feel right. Right. And like with an application that's allowed to, yeah. you to do that, th that changes the way you view the person. Yeah. The perspective in general. People are always like, "Oh, this is." It sounds so voodoo-y, but do you guys know like Wim Hof? The of course. His, yeah, he's like the ultimate biohacker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he so he does he does yeah. biofeedback, and I'm always like I always bring up this example, even though it sounds so crazy. It's just there there are these people that do um like Arctic welding, so it's like sub zero temperatures. It's so cold, so yeah. they're really prone to frostbite. So they actually use biofeedback it, to train for eighteen months, so they could bring blood flow to their hands on command it's so, pretty it's yeah amazing. So it's, it's amazing it's yeah. amazing they do a lot of studies on like uh like buddhist monks right and like yeah. their breathing and like their brain like how it activates like just on like, <laughs> yeah now we're all like, trying to breathe yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like so i went through like a whole wim hof like program actually um and it's all hyperventilation based which is so interesting like for for me so I used to take cold showers. I don't anymore because I like to live my life comfortably. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 there was like a period of like two years where I just only took cold showers. And, um, so miserable. It sucks. I take cold showers for fun. Like I like. So fun is not the word. Fun is not the word I would use. But but it's it is interesting to be like if you could put yourself in a mental state where you like you. To me, Wim Hof and his methods were like accepting that that was what you're gonna. You, that's what you're going to expect mm. more than anything else more so than like your body's able to handle it Wait, well, what what is it that you're going to expect a cold a cold shower oh like accepting <laughs> the reality yeah, yeah like yeah. you like to me like when i was entering into the cold shower it's like i'm gonna accept the fact that it's a cold shower it's not that it doesn't feel any colder but it's just like okay this is it like in the same way like when so you're, you're bracing are, for it right you're yeah like when you're in pain or when you're in like strength yeah. it's like that is you make that the norm right yeah. like you you accept the status quo of what the environment is, is, going, is, yeah. is going to be. And you know what I think is interesting about that? Because I actually heard, I was listening to a bunch of like, bio, I was in a room with a bunch of biohackers once and they were saying that, kind of like what you were saying, they accept that it's going to be a cold shower, but also that it's going to be over too. And that's how mm -hmm. I feel for a lot of yeah. our chronic pain patients we work with is like, what helps them is knowing that pain, it's going to be there, but it's also, it will end too. There's a cycle it's a, to it. It's ups and downs. It's ups it, and downs, yeah. yeah. Always the case too. Like you never, like, I will never, you take whatever, like any codone, right? Like oxycodone, whatever, and be, you're not gonna expect it to be an end all be all. Yeah, it's not one pill that's gonna yeah. fix it. It's yeah. anywhere off. Nothing is a panacea in life. Yeah. Like that's it. Like 
And same thing with cold showers. It's always really cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you have any, do you experience pain or anxiety that like you relate to that you use Flowly for? Or? Like people always ask me because we started this pain company and I myself, I'm not, I don't have chronic pain, but I grew up around people in a lot of pain because yeah. my, my parents ran a terminal stage pancreatic cancer clinical trials since I was really, really young till now. Yeah, and so, intense. so intense. And all the people that I would grow up around since I was like five years old, they were in intense pain. People close to me yeah. would pass away from morphine overdose and not even the wow. cancer itself. Wow. And so pain was something that my father had actually worked on. He had passed um, orphan drug designation through FDA for pancreatic cancer pain. Wow. So yeah, so it's kind of almost like it's in the family, but I think when I grew up the and treatment I treatment of pain is in the family. Yeah. Yeah. It's but pretty... it's it's intense that I realized there's just so many people that have pain. And also by the way, when I say pain, I mean physical pain, psychological Mental pain, pain, I think is social pain. Like yeah. It all ties into each other. It's a biopsychosocial yeah. disease. Yeah. And so it's just so many people are impacted, but there's so little conversation around it. And that's yeah. really why we wanted to come in on it. I almost thought like hindsight 2020 like in the rear view mirror i look back like on my pain and yeah it's there it's it's i can physically feel it yeah. but i think a lot of time in the beginning it was almost like the mental emotional pain that like over was overwhelmingly like, yeah. a huge part of that so like the emotional pain of like oh my life is very different like i'm told from doctors i'll never walk again this yeah. is my life's gonna be very different of impact on lifespan whatever and then the mental pain of like who am I? Like, I was just discovering, like, figuring right. out who I was. You're so young. Too. So, yeah, I was, like, yeah. 19. I think that has a very big impact on the physical pain as well. Yeah. But now, yeah. years later, I think as you go through life and you realize that, oh, that wasn't the end. Like, there's still a lot more life to live. Yeah. Then the physical pain almost seemed to dissipate. But I feel like if I were to compare it, I feel like the physical pain is actually one-to-one. -one. Mm. It's just my mental and emotional state helps how did you, did you have anxiety or did you go through bouts of like depression or depressive states and how did you manage that? Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I think in the beginning, there's like the period of denial, like the first couple of months where you're like, no, this like couldn't happen to me. Like I'm going to walk out of here. And then like, you know, reality sinks into, I think your friend's family first. And then you realize like, oh shit, this is pretty real. Like I'm being told that this is going to be my life. This is the routine that I need to live. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're fit in the box. And then that's where I think the depression kicks in. And I think that mental state amplifies the physical pain yeah. in a lot of ways. So I try to take it day by day. Yeah. Thinking too far in the future was overwhelming, created more anxiety. I was just like, okay, let's go, go back to school. Let's just finish this class. Let's just graduate. Right. Let's find a job. It was like step by step. It's like the yeah. five stages of grief that they always talk For about. For sure. Yeah. And I used to deny that. I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm going to be fine. But yeah. then sure enough, you go through this. You like, did, you work, did you work with therapists or coaches or this is like a realization that you came to yourself or with friends and family? I think, so I was one, I was too stubborn to see like a neuropsychologist or any therapist because I was like, why why would you know my problems i was i was like right. kind of super stubborn especially in 19 i was like i don't need to talk to you you don't know what i'm going through and so like i kind of harbored like a lot of that internal emotion and i think that almost made my recovery slower in mm. some in some respects like i feel why like, would you trust someone that never went through what you right well that yeah. was like my mindset i was like yeah. wait like i don't need to talk to a stranger i have friends and family that like amazing that support me they get me yeah and then at the same time like they weren't going through that and i wanted to shield them from what i was going through so I, yeah i was just like a lot a lot i was alone with my thoughts pretty often um but it took kind of like 
pretty much years to get to the point where yeah. you know right. things are things are actually mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. That's yeah, that's really I think that's really so you were asking if I use fully myself. Like this yeah. past year I had someone really close to me had um was like depressed and also had an eating disorder and it was just really really hard yeah and i think that it took so much support from the family but also from like therapists and people around to really work through that process it just and flowly was part of that process for him and also for me because i think that as like a person in their life it was really challenging and i think it it really opened my eyes to having even just a little taste of that experience and made i think myself and even my whole team more empathetic um to all of the people we work with so yeah yeah, that's i think it's a really i mean you're a very empathy forward brand like to be able to do what you do you have to understand it is and it's it's been a really i mean i think it's been hard but also really rewarding that we get to see firsthand and i think you guys probably experienced that too firsthand what your product or what the experiences you build can do for people right yeah. like you see the immediate effect oh yeah it was just yeah the feedback you get is pretty inspiring i think that's like yeah. your motivation a lot of times um because I mean, it is a grind i mean you know like starting a company with joy <laughs> and like, startup yeah. is oh it's my tough gosh, and then yeah. you get certain feedback from people saying like oh i use this this changed like my life in this way it's like oh, okay like all right let's keep going yeah it's like that motivation it's a little yeah. like dopamine hit yeah. yeah it's it's tough i mean we have we have a we have a friend that uh like recently committed suicide like yeah. very very recently um and it's like there is a part where it's just like you you wish that they had something you know yeah like i like honestly like i'm walking around and like i think about him like right like out of the blue and like the impact that you have not existing is so interesting like there there is like this i don't know psychology that's associated with human behavior and that was a tough one yeah i mean he was like so yeah he was an amazing kid really really sweet like yeah. very generous um and you don't know sometimes what people you are don't going you, like, you, you don't really, know you don't that's yeah. the thing it's like a big yeah it's hard in a lot of ways i think for me it was almost like like people assumed that there was like the pain i was going through because yeah. of the physical wheelchair and all that yeah. stuff but 100 percent of people are going through something that you can't see see yeah and i think that becomes really difficult and i think with adam like i mean he was just, he was like a friend he he was he supported us from day one yeah he was a professional like motocross writer like a neuroscience major like and and he took so many precautions to make sure that his brain was in the right place Mm -hmm. like he did everything yeah yeah every cryo infrared sauna yeah like he did heart rate variability exercise every day yeah like he knew his body really well there's only so many things you can track though and and then that gets us back to our first point right where it's like what there's no panacea like there's nothing that is going to be the ultimate uh drug or there's nothing that's going to be the ultimate drug or uh medication or physical activity that's going to get you to a point where it's going to fix your problems yeah so in that case, it's management, and they and that's a big thing, right? In the medical world now, like what is what does management mean? Yeah, like it's not even pain treatment, right? It's pain management. Pain right? management, exactly. yeah, that's it. Always is, and even with it's like balance. mental health, it's management because it's not like you cure. Um, at least like one of the things I was learning no, unless about, you like lobotomize them. There's yeah, no there's way. you can't cure it, but but I also think that uh, that is this, it speaks to other parts of life also, right? Like you cannot cure 
yourself where you don't have a bad day or you don't have a flare up or right. you don't feel even if you don't have you don't have anxiety you're not diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder everybody feels anxious at some point 100%. in their lives oh, and i yeah. think it's so important that that's why i think what you guys do and what we do is like so important being tools to help people manage that on a day-to-day basis because mm-hmm. without the tools we're taught like how to do math in school but we're not taught how to manage our emotions on a daily basis yeah what do yeah. we see more like our emotions or math like well you're talking how, how does your math but you don't know how to manage your finances yeah <laughs> <laughs> or this is an education system we can dive into for hours yeah. but i think yeah, yeah i think it's just so important to have more conversations like this yeah i think it's just super healthy yeah because like for for years like you you don't you, people didn't talk about their mental state mm-hmm. like especially like 2009 2010 i didn't think that that was Dude, 1980s Burt Reynolds being like a, a fucking yeah. macho man. Yeah. Like, we're but, also all Asian. No we're also all Asian, Asian Americans too. And I think oh, there's also never stigma. with your parents. Yeah. And you especially never. like in immigrant communities, people of color, like it's just, there's so many, there's so much stigma around it that I think more people in those communities need to talk about it as well. For sure. Yeah. Was sure. it different for you as your dad was in pain management and understood that? Yeah, I, I have to like, say that. Were you that, comfortable talking about pain with your parents or was that still like you felt like I got Yeah, I have to say that. I came from a very different type of family. So I I was really, really lucky growing up that we talked about everything. That's yeah. great. Like it's, it's everything. a healthy, like open yeah. table. Talk open, about and I think it's it, in a way it was really, it helped me a lot because even when I went through challenges or like even the process you were saying, doing a startup is so hard. I was able to talk my way through it with them and right. always verbalize and try to bring language to the what I was feeling, which mm. is, I think, a lot of times the hardest thing to do because yeah. a lot of times we we know we're in pain, but we don't know what we need. Right. And right, right. yeah. And like what what we can ask for, for support and et cetera. So I think mm-hmm. that was really helpful. Do you talk about like, for example, with your parents, you know, for, for me until not like super recent, but talking about relationships, talking about yeah. like, were you able to be open about things like that? Yeah. So I talk, <laughs> I talk, I might, the joke is that my mom knows everything I know because I tell her everything. I think it's super healthy. Yeah. So that's, that's the upbringing I grew up around. But then I think I realized that when I became, especially when I moved to the States here, I noticed, especially in a lot of like Asian American friends that I, their families, that it was much different yeah. or not even Asian American, just like most families oh, yeah. are like that. And, um, and even when we started slowly, what I thought was really interesting is we have a call line. So people can call us for us to help set up their, uh, you know, kits and how do the experiences work. And people would just share stories like when we got on the phone and we always made it a rule that we don't cut people off. We let them share their story because A, we're grateful that they're sharing their story with us, but also that I think it's important to let people have the safe space. That's awesome. It's always that initial barrier. Yeah. You know, it's always that like, and that's what, that's the bit like. That's where we exist, right? As Nero yeah. also. It's like you get past that point. You get the call line. You get like the energy. You get the like the multi whatever. The health aspects to get to the point where it's like, okay, I can manage it. You need to break that mold. Yeah. And to be able to do that, I think, is the most important thing yeah. within society right now. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, because I usually ask this in all our podcast episodes. What is your, both of yours, individual daily routine 
The reason I ask this is I think it's really interesting to see like down to the nitty gritty how people manage their daily living and even like the ups and downs. Do you have like things that you do that ground you or help you each day? I talk to a lot of my friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> so even if it's like a quick text, like I used to do this thing where like when I was commuting to work, like one day out of the week, I would just call a friend instead of listening to podcasts or music and just like talk to them on the ride back and just catch up with them. Cause that, that helped ground me just keeping yeah. up with people, staying in touch with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But otherwise like startup world, like there's pretty much something different every day. It, it's, yeah. it's hard to say like daily routine because I, I feel like I exist Other within like weekly or... routines or like <laughs> monthly routines. Cause like, yeah, like, yeah, it's like, okay, we need to prepare management equals preparation right like mm-hmm. management equal, like okay i'll prepare a, a nice meal for my dog <laughs> that I love. that's a routine i mean it's, it is that is a routine, routine. but i don't do that on and it grounds you too right yeah. like it, but it's knowing like okay i need to empathetically uh do this thing for my dog you know yeah. the, and i walk twice a day um but like i'll like i don't explore creativity every day mm-hmm. or i don't explore my mind every day but that is something that i I put into my identity. Yeah. So, it's, but then I, I would do it, you know, yeah. like at some point. So from a daily routine perspective, yeah, like I wake up, I work out, like there's the standards, but from a life long, like what I do as a person, as defined as who I am, there is like how I care for people. Like what you said, like, the calling, like mm-hmm. all, all these things I think are built from, a lifelong of not daily routines, but uh, just mental practice. Yeah. So my one question for both of you is what advice would you give yourself um, for when you first started Nero to now? Like, is there anything you learned about building Nero, the company or interacting with Mm. customers or just you yourself as people growing? Man, there's so many. I would just say perseverance is the big one because every time there there was like massive roadblocks, that was like the biggest roadblock in the company. Like we figured out a way to get over that. And then there was another bigger hurdle. And it's just, you're always going to go through the ups and downs. And I think just not giving right. perseverance. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could be constantly stressed when you're starting a business, Yeah, you know? And sometimes that's not the best way, as you know, with management, like, and with pain, like that's not the best way to approach anything. Sometimes you need to be, you need to just chill out. Yeah. Do something for yourself. Yeah. Do something for yourself. Like, and like, if I saw myself from five years ago, this uptight, you know, little can I cuss on this? Like, yeah, yeah. piece of shit. Like, <laughs> like I, I would just be like, dude, chill. Like, yeah. breathe and yeah. think and make better decisions. And yeah. I look at myself now and like, that is, I've, you know, like I've, I've thankfully like grown up into that. Like, yeah. I, I think about that, about, it's funny, like you meet more mature business people and they are like, they're just like, oh, okay. like I look at my dad, for example, you know, who's been in business for a long time. And it's like, don't worry about the small stuff. Yeah. You know, just there's things to focus on that are more important. And I'd probably give that advice. Which yeah. would be like health and like mental exactly. wellness. Yeah. Like <laughs> All the things that you guys yeah. yeah. I also think one thing that I, I've been, I realized it, cause I, especially in the startup, you, like you said, you can be, sometimes I feel like I'm dreaming. Like I can't even sleep well at night because yeah. I'm still oh, thinking yeah. about work and like, it's, I can't get out of it. But at the end of the day, how important is it? It's, it, it is very important to like who you are. You want to be successful. You want to work at it. 
but at the end of the day like what are the important things at, at the end of your yeah. life like the relationships i think are really important and i yeah. would never i would say if you're starting a business or anything don't sacrifice your personal relationships at the at the cost of the business yeah yeah and that was a, that was really difficult because everybody's like don't do uh start up with your best friend and then now i'm like in hindsight you're like why wouldn't you like you trust that person and as Seriously. long as you start a foundation you have an understanding like like Business can be hard, but our friendship comes first. The only That's reason important. that it will not work is like because of all the negative effects of people. Greed, you know, like uh, stress, stre- like whatever it is. Like it's which I think can be mitigated if there's transparency too. Totally, like, like if you're able to talk to each other. It's like yeah. Ryan and I tell us tell each other everything. You know, yeah, because I was I was telling Ryan like Julian and I. A lot of you guys know, are best friends from my, college. Exactly, right? my so, co-founders Julian and I were best friends since college, and Naray, our other co-founder, like. We're all family now, basically, and and it's been really, really helpful. And I think one thing we're really good at, too, and I think it's been really important, is to have fun. Like, you always have to remind yourself, like, okay, this is fun. It doesn't mean that, like, you shouldn't get into, like, like, whatever, arguments once in a while. Yeah, no. But it's, it's like, not everything's not rainbows and unicorns, you know? But at the same time, it's just like, dude, I'll tell Ryan everything. Like, my life is not rainbows and unicorns. I'll lie <laughs> Like, you know? I'm like, but remember to have like, fun. That's yeah. super important. It's, yeah. I, I There's all these, the, the vices of humans are, are what are, those vices are what's going to prevent you from becoming successful. Yeah. Like, they exist for a reason. Yeah. You're going to be successful no matter what if you live a life that you really believe in morally, uh, psychologically, and peacefully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going flying tomorrow. It's like something that was like, oh, we got it. We want to do this for ourselves. Yeah. And then I think in a lot of ways, it'll make us better. Just Explain like what teammates. flying. <laughs> oh, like getting a pilot's license. Yeah. We're taking drugs. Yeah. So there, yeah. which I think is, I was going to ask you guys as the last question, what are you excited about? Like moving both with Nero, but also yourself. I think that's really cool. Like I know you're doing. We're really excited. Things. We're like looking at like, where can we buy a plane? Like, <laughs> we're, we're excited about finding happiness. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Comfort. And we've been at it for like over five years now. So like in that sense, you know, it's nice building the business, but it's also, you got to have fun along the way. Like I keep saying that over and over and it sounds so cliche, but it's, it's true. By the way, it's not like in five years with hard work, we're not like, we're not like a $500 million business. Yeah. You know, we're very comfortable where we are and like, there's no element, like we work to the point and build ourselves to the point where we enjoy our lives a lot. And I think that translates into success in the business too. Yeah. Yeah. Success. Because when you're so stressed all the time, like you're not going to make the best decisions. True. Because you're making a decision based on like a reactionary, like, you know, thought or something that's coming at you. Versus like if you're more relaxed, you can can look at it at a more macro level. Yeah. Yeah. Life life is good. Aerial level. That's a good note to end Aerial. Well, thank you for joining me, guys. Thanks I really for having enjoyed us. the Thanks conversation. Thanks, Lee.